Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayor. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show. Our mission was to show. We're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, folks. Uh, how are you all doing? <laughs> this is a flag after appearing in the Limerick screen there. Are you there, TJ? <laughs> I, I say you're shook today, so you're not here. Are you still there? He's there. Bottom uh, eyes. And the home ground Peaky is in the boo. background there as well. How are we all doing? Congratulations, Ked. Ah, sure, look, it has to be positive and upbeat and everything that went well for us yesterday. It's a great occasion. And look, it's, it's, we're, we're fortunate that it's green at the moment and living in the moment. And the Crow Park yesterday was magic. And even afterwards and this morning, everyone's in good form. So, no, I'm fresh today, Delo. I didn't have any... Um, any traffic was slow coming home last night. Ourselves and Cork coming home the same road, like so. Last night didn't have much of an opportunity. I thought a lot of the Cork crowd were gone down early, TJ. Yeah, I, 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 I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that some of them were gone, gone early. Yeah. But um, I took, I took the uh, sunny southeast. Uh, TJ went down the Wexford road. There was, there was rumor that Marco, you were seen leaving the ground in the sixty-something minute. I'm not sure if it was true or not, but it was rumored. I could, li- I could have left after five or ten minutes to be honest with us. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, 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 I had to sit, sit in suffer. I sat in sufferance for sixty-five minutes, TJ. I was, uh, but I, di- I, I didn't hear Dolores or Riordan. I think I was gone that far down the M50. Tell me the usual stories. Uh, I have a table booked in uh, Limerick today with my my buddies, my experts in Ireland, Leslie Whelan and Co. They are they are ready for me there at two o'clock. And in fairness, Dello, your good buddy Hugh looked after me really, really well on Saturday night in the Boar's Head. We had a great night there, and the crack was good, and uh, it was good in terms of. Getting a crowd of people to the match. It was a who's who's who of Irish sport, was it? Yeah, Jeremy. in fairness, in, in fairness, no. It was yeah, a who's who there Saturday night. I went up last night for a couple of pints. There was, some host, uh, in fairness. Yeah, we, we, we had a good time now and we, we had a great banter there and stuff. And look, that's the beauty of all Ireland finals now from me kind of hurling in the ditch that you can go and enjoy them on the Saturday night and the Monday. And I, I don't have to worry about all the things that Liam had to really, really strongly worry about for the last three years. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's an awful lot easier, Liam. So, uh, welcome to the other side. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, side. TJ. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, on that, like just for our listeners there, um, delighted lads, uh, honoured to be joined uh, by one of Tip's greats, in, indeed, Portro's greatest. Uh, Im Sheedy, how are you, kid? Good, Dela. All good, all good. Um, I suppose we went to Crow Park yesterday. I couldn't get over the atmosphere before the game. Like, it was just electric when the parade was going on. It was just... Like you know, you were, you felt it was building up to be a really, really good game. Um, and so look, unfortunately, we, we got an anti-climax thereafter. Um, you know, in fairness, I think 
you know, one five to one four after fourteen minutes, it was it was set up nicely after Cork replying with their goal after after Limerick's goal. But I think one once Limerick got that second goal and put that six or seven points in it, really there was only one team in it. Um, they were they were just awesome. And in fairness, we probably poked them with that first half performance in the Munster final, and it probably gave John Kiley all the fuel he needed. Not that he needed much of it. But uh, if he if he did have any need of fuel or oxygen, uh, we probably give it to them because um, you know obviously get, getting in with such a lead and the way they turned it around in the second half. Um, and to be fair, they've been awesome ever since. You know, every quarter they're just they're just a phenomenal group, and uh, you know it seems to be very very well grounded, um, really well managed. This excellent backroom team around them, like they really have they really have it at at a supreme level, and um, they look like a team that are going to be hard to knock off their perch because uh, what we've seen yesterday, you, you know, no matter what part of Ireland you're from or what part of the world you're in, you, you could do nothing but applaud what was, a, you know, a five-star performance. Yeah, for, for sure. There's, you summed it up great there. Um, and I, we said it here um, on the Monday after the Munster final that probably if you're to win the championship, you couldn't right away for what he had going back to training on the Tuesday, Wednesday night whenever they went back because like, kid, they were delighted, they won it. Big Royals came back or unbelievable third quarter, all that. And yet he could go in and scald them like on the mm. Tuesday, Wednesday night, like and you know, comprehensive against Waterford. And I just felt and look, look, there was a kind of a cockness feeling in us all. We, we were down Friday night in Parker Keeve and just to say like thanks to all our listeners, what a response to the live show Friday night. It was it was massive and we really enjoyed it. And with John, he was great as well. But you just got a feeling like, is this is this cock team like really? But in actual fact, like they were probably just building to their best performance of the year, a la maybe the Cody era in Kilkenny, where it was probably easier for them because they'd come out of Leinster easier. Yeah, I suppose like we yeah, I think there was a case of all boats were rising in a in a high tide Dale, with the other twenties and the minors. Um you know, I just we did we did go with what we thought was a little bit a legitimate chance, but I suppose uh, once our team didn't turn up, I think our team was dismantled by a brilliant, brilliant Limerick performance. And they never allowed the team or the Cork supporters to get going at any stage. And that is a big part of, I think, the Cork mantra is the, is the supporters getting in behind the team early doors. And you saw with the early victories in the minors and the under-20s, they hit the gas immediately, got out in front and catch me if I can. And where we did put up a bit of resistance in the first quarter, it it felt like Limerick had the upper hand all of the time. The amount of Limerick players that found themselves in space on a constant basis, particularly in the half-back line. Declan Hannon had an outstanding game and Kyle Hayes seemed to be open all of the time. He just mm-hmm. had no one within 30 or 40 metres of him. And he didn't even take off on any of his trademark runs, to be honest with us. He went for a bit of a jog up the field in the first half and there was hardly anybody could even get near him. So... Like and then the space that was created in front of the Cork full back then and look we, we, we spoke at length how Cork would deal with a two man inside line. And like in truth, we conceded three goals, probably Garrod Huygeny should have scored another one. And every time the ball seemed Great to go to the well. full back line, we yeah, from Patrick in the second brilliant. We just did struggle in that facet and, and we should have known in advance like that the Limerick half forward line were going to push out Garrod Huygeny. Keen Lynch and, and Tom Morrissey, and they did, and they created huge space in front. And it was, it was noticeable, Liam, you, you'd notice now from managing, uh, you know, the first thing that Canuck did after the first quarter was he, he went straight out to the field to the three inside lines, and he basically, I would say, said, lads, there's goals there, and I'm going to concentrate on you. If you get the ball, enough ball, you'll finish this game by halftime. And I think that was, 
that was kind of summed up the whole game. Corkata were a bit naive at times. Um, but look, lads, I said it last week, Limerick are the finished article. Cork are still a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. There is artillery coming, but it needs to come a bit quicker, I suppose, if we're going to have any chance of detroning this magnificent Limerick team. And I suppose, TJ, if you, had if you used technology there a couple of years ago, you'd probably have four All-Irelands in the bag and you'd be going for five in a row next year. Steady on now, steady on, Landry, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, everything okay on the technology front? I'm still happy. I'm still happy to go well with technology. To be fair, like look, I'll go along with everything you said, and it's, look, it's, as I said, it's great to be on the Limerick side this morning. Um, what happened in 2019 might have defined the team for the coming years coming after. They might have learned to last. Like the, the reality is, and in fairness to John on the day, they took it on the chin. They said the Kilkenny walked them in the middle third of the day. They didn't start well. That might have been a platform for what came afterwards over the coming years. So you like look. To be fair, on, in, in 2019, to be fair to Liam, tip on the All-Ireland, that is the history, that is the reality. They were deserving winners. But what happened after that, they've kicked on and they've been magnificent. But I suppose to put the Munster titles, the three in a row, to put the league titles with the All-Irelands, like, it is comprehensive at the moment. It is a credit to them, a credit to the backroom team and everything they're doing. And just looked awesome yesterday in terms of just really, really ready for the big day, ready for everything that was thrown at them. And like... Friday night, then, as we said, I was a little bit concerned that if Cork got that second ball right, that could they get the ball onto the grass and could they make the pace work? But geez, we didn't see any of it. And like outside of Shane Kingston's goal, there was never a threat really of pace inside. So <clears throat> they just got on top of that and they just do all those things really, really well. They make it look simple. But look, the couple of goals, I think when Cork looked back in America, I think, you're right, I think they would be disappointed. I think they were a little bit sixes and sevens. And I suppose, in terms of the formation, whether they went zonal or whether they went man for man, it seemed to be kind of neither here nor there at times. And like for Groot Hegarty's second goal, you'd be kind of wondering, how can you have Groot Hegarty in the top of the left position, literally in, what, 50, 60 yards of space, and nobody with him. Like, so there'll be question marks for sure. But right now, today, I suppose, we, we just have a team of a lifetime. We have a couple of players of a lifetime. And I know we go and talk about Keane Lynch in a while, like, mother of God, what, what he's doing to oppositions. And I don't even know. We can touch it with Liam in a while. I don't even know what the counteract is. Nice yeah. that they would deploy Niall O'Leary. I thought it would have been a good move for them, but that didn't happen. But I'm not sure it would have worked, Mac. I'm not sure. I know, but we we did discuss it at length, and the two of us had come. I and mean, we hadn't been speaking to each other during the week. We both came up with the same conclusion that oh, yeah. it would suit Cork better if Niall O'Leary went out centre back. And if um, Mark Coleman actually went back to pick up Peter Casey, because he would be in that sweeping role in the position that Casey picks up kind of as a loose kind of forward playing outside outside the D. So we thought that might be applied, that Cork might have, a, might have a chance. But I think it was just maybe too much of a risk. But we did know that Mark was going to struggle because Keane drifts all over the field and Cork didn't want to allow say, Mark Coleman to be sucked out of the centre. And that's where we were coming with the view that Niall O'Leary would pick him up from and then have a Luke Mead maybe slot back. And, and we had also mentioned that John Melrick was going to be a massive last to cock. And that mm. actually turned out to be a real... Look, it, it, I don't think of any... No bearing whatsoever on right. But early doors, it would have been a big help if we could have got in front. And obviously, the concession of the first goal, I mean, Luke Mead, in fairness, has had a fantastic season. 
He tried something, it didn't come off, and we got punished big time. Yeah, I was coming down the car last night in the match, so my young fella Carmel was with me, and he was laughing at what Dale said to Brian Hogan about lock that hoover in now, he's going to have to listen to me for half an hour. So he told me to reply <laughs> to Landers this morning to say, lock the door now and listen to this. <laughs> You'd be switching no, the horses very quickly now. We yeah. get the chance. Yeah, uh, no, no. I was actually we're not talking about the Cena match anymore. We're going to talk about the two hundred twenty ones and the minors that we're after within this show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you you sort of to, to try and read it right, Liam. You kind of deployed Dan McCormack to pick him up in the yeah. answer final. If I'm reading it right, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, a certain amount of success for twenty twenty five minutes. Now, he's such a good player. I made the point yesterday that he played whatever way you like. And eventually that day, he made a couple of high catches. But I mean, I just thought the way a cock went about, like, like for me, why not put Damien Callan on him and play Coleman as a sweeper and shore up in front of Young Downey and the two cornerbacks, the three of them, the stride. Like, it was just complete six on six. Like, did the whole cockness get to him or is the, you know, to take him on, man oh man oh kind of like, and or, or is it just a machine that's too slick that it's impossible oh, okay. to break down? I mean, yeah. you were ten, you were ten ahead of him. Yeah, we were, and um, but but I suppose the the job we asked Dan to do that day was a very very high energy job because he was he was covering Keen uh, for all the restarts. So we wanted our structure right in the restarts because Nicky Quaid is an assassin with that ball in his hand, and I think maybe is somewhat of the unsung hero on this Limerick team. I think he makes an awful lot happen and take from that goals. I uh, appreciate Owen Murphy's a brilliant shot stopper. But to me, if I was buying a player, I'd buy Nicky because he's, I think he's incredible at how he distributes the ball. And he's just, he's in tune with all of his outfield players. Um, so we were, we, we had Dan probably double jobbing where he'd drift back for the puck outs back on Keane and then look to get back out into the middle and be, be part of the action. Uh, and that, that, that took a lot of energy. But if you go back to that day, Dale, like Keane probably had three outstanding catches and, you know, where he fielded the ball overhead down, which is not an easy thing to do. So even though we had given him special attention, you know, he was still able to go and grab that restart and pull it out of the sky and win a free or, or take you on. Um, like he's he's just, you know, I think I think John Kiley deserves a huge amount of credit because, you know, if you go back to when we we played him, uh, we had a, we, we probably thought we had a job for him in midfield uh, the first day in, in um, November uh, last year. And next thing we went down and Keane was was posted to centre forward and Kyle Hayes was sent was sent back to wing back. And I think the two of those changes have really made a massive transformation of that team. And I think John Kylie deserves huge huge credit for that. And I'd agree with Mark. Watching the game yesterday, I could not get over the amount of space that, that Kyle Hayes ran because I actually thought in the in the lead, in the first round of the championship that Limerick got a bit of joy or Cork got a bit of joy because Kyle Hayes likes to likes likes to attack into that box, but he doesn't like to defend there. He likes to defend back in, inside his own sixty-five. And I thought Cork could have could have played where they might have got a lot of ball. If you take Norm McGrath's positioning for us against against Waterford Limerick, he got a lot of ball outside of their half back time because they don't want to defend out that far. They like to keep their structure. And we probably got a lot of a lot of um, a lot of returns on that. But I think yesterday the big thing for Limerick is that they disconnected the Cork half back line from the Cork full 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 back line. And Cork, the Cork halfback line didn't know whether they, they, they weren't pushing out or they weren't coming back. They were far better off if they had to stand 30, 40 yards from goals and say, right, we're going to keep our structure here and let them pick off a pint or two. But I think once they disconnected the full back line from the from the half back line, it was it was curtains, it was over. And I, I don't I don't think Cork dealt well with today overall. I think they were out very early. Um they looked like a team that, you know, just like I'd say that the whole occasion, even watching them in the parade, 
I was never taught that they were they were they were ready. I think it's a big occasion, and I, you know that's why you know look at Caroline and the impact she had with Limerick in eighteen in their first final. I thought they dealt with the occasion very very well. But I, I don't think Cork dealt with the occasion well yesterday, and I think that they'll, they'll learn a lot from it. But uh, that was a setback uh, because I think we all expected them to give a lot more than what they brought to the pitch yesterday. But the scary thing there yeah, is, right? The Niners were blew me away Saturday night. I say straight out, no, never saw a minor team like them. Well, of course it's under seventeen now. So, but scary thing is, like, did under twenty match with Cork and Limerick was Nick and Nick. Like, that could have gone either way that match. Like, so yeah. there's no. It isn't as if, like, and we only saw Colin Coughlin for a few minutes yesterday, so they have a fair lot coming at that age group as well, so it isn't as if, Mark, you know, you can just parachute a load of 20-year-olds in and say, they're going there and Aaron Gillane, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, you know, like 13, um, 13 new players started in the first All-Ireland final yesterday. As Liam said, they were out early, and you know the first thing that struck me was that all year Cork have come out, done their warm-up in their... Um, Second tags is our second gear, and mm-hmm. go back in then and come back out. And it was announced in the paper as well on Thursday that the Cork had given the, they got the claims to do that, but when they came around, they weren't allowed to do that. So that was it, and that does upset fellas because their routine and Liam would know it uh, for being involved. Like it's over the routine, and that 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 was a I, I thought just understand that that's a that's a plus now for Limerick I think because Cork are a bit like that. They don't like their routine being changed. And didn't just well, Mark, watch the Mark, touch. Mark, yeah. how, how did anyone think that was going to be allowed on All Ireland final day? You know, with the parade I, back, with the president coming out to be saluted. I know there was no shake hands. With the pageantry and everything in an Ireland final day that you can go back in. We, I mean, I was lucky to be there twice. And I remember we nearly got an agenda. This is what's going on. No, man handled all that superbly. We'll do all this. We'll tell you what time. You don't worry about it. They lot, you have yeah. to introduce the boys to the players or the president to the players, and then forget about it. And I was, I was, yeah. I, I said to Mary Robinson famously, I said when I came along to Fergie Tui, I said Fergie All Star Tui, uh, <laughs> this is president. Really oh. much, yeah. And and yeah. and she said, she said, and are you an All Star Fergie? Not yet, Mary. He said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, I tell you. Yeah. And he goes out and clips four points and play in a low scoring game. Like, you know, that, that relaxed yeah. thing I just thought yeah. watching. I say, I'm yeah. going to agree with Liam in the parade. He's going to come around toward the RT now down the other end of the field. I'm looking and there's two or three of them staring out at the crowd. Now, whether look, people say afterwards, I ah, look at he took it all in and then he hurled well. Sure, look at, um, no. as we often say here, you know, um, Victory has a thousand fathers, but de- defeat is an orphan. Like you know, it's easy, yeah, isn't it? Like absolutely. it's easy talk yeah. afterwards. But I can't get over. Don Log, Don Log was still. But Mark, just to finish it, Don Log was still saying to me at about quarter past three, Cork are going in now and they'll be coming back out. You can't go in this. There's a parade here. Yeah. There's a national. You can't go in this. Exactly. I, well, it was obvious when they had the Cork jerseys on them and they were numbered. And I was discussing with the fellow that was with me at the match just. Uh, I says, the numbers are on. The red jerseys are on. I said. They're not going back in at all. And I knew straight away, like, you know, I said, that's a win, that's a little victory there now for Limerick as far as I was concerned. But I'd say, I'd say, he... I'd say they mustn't have found out late because the time they went out at was extremely, extremely early. I couldn't get over it. They were out about was. three, were they out about a minute or two to three o'clock, I yeah. think, roughly. But like, yeah. if five ton early, it's what, it's what obviously would have solved that, Anthony, is they could have come out from the other side of the field because I'm, I'm right inside there's dressing rooms on both sides of Club Park. So if there was an issue with, with going against pageantry or going against the president, 
that would have been a solution if that was a situation. But there are things that probably do break your rhythm and do upset the thing. And, and I think from what I can gather, the homecoming as well, I think it was booked for Fota. It was cancelled as well as short notice. And I don't know what the lads did last night. So all those little things just didn't come off. You know? And I've, I've no confirmation, but I'm fairly certain that they, that, they, that they didn't happen last night. So and they would have been aware of that because, look, there was a big personal thing going on behind with all the players, with partners and wives and girlfriends and stuff like that. So, you know... Look, they're not all the reasons that we didn't get, that we didn't yeah, come I, up I with agree, them, but they're all little they're all little contributing factors, maybe like you know. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I only grasping at straws here, lads. Yeah, I spoke about that in the past with ninety. You know, it's like you, you start to make excuses. We're doing our best for you, kid. Yeah, when, when, <laughs> when, when things don't go your way, right? So I, I I don't think the way like like the way they set up themselves up tactically. The way that some of the Limerick players got so much space, you can't blame the pageantry for that stuff. Like, right, you're either in the zone. Like, it, it looked like as if the occasion got to them to some degree, they weren't in the zone. But to go back to what Liam said there a while ago, I think um, JP and the Super Hearts there years ago won a gold cup called Synchronized, right? And I would say that that would be one of the words I would use to describe what's going on at the moment. Also, as coaches, right? We always have great, pl- like, me, you know, I can't really say that I'm in the same league as you, but uh, you're trying to get a, a plan across. To your players that you know the way you want to play you know what you want to do and you want them to make all the right decisions at the right time so for Nicky Quaid's puck out for the guys to make the runs to create the space to bunch and break and do all the things that you want to do right but the synchronization of that and the way they're completely in sync with each other like they hit the ball in when it's the right time when the move is mm. on they shoot from range at the right time when there's no move on like Will O'Donoghue and Dara Dunham go back, go forward. As you said there, Liam, Kyle Hayes sits at the right time when it's to defend, then he pushes on. Like So like the, the, the work that goes into that and the background group, where it is, let's say, the selectors, coaches, Paul, John obviously feeding into it, the video analysis side of it, the layer upon layer upon layer. And it looks like a really slick professional. When you look at... Liverpool and United and all these guys and their fullbacks and the way they're attacking and they always seem to make pick the right pass in the professional area. The Limerick team kind of remind me of that. They're just really, really slick. And as I said, the best word I can come up with right now is to just synchronised. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. you're. I think you're spot on. But I, I, I think um, I, I, they were they were allowed to work at their own pace. Like they were allowed to do everything at an incredibly relaxed pace yesterday. I didn't see any intensity coming from Red, which. I, I was surprised with it, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I, I really thought they'd bring they'd bring a lot more um they'd bring a lot more to the pitch. But you know, when when they're in full flow, TJ, they're they're a serious, serious operation. And even you know, even if we take the, the goal, the second goal, which to me was a massive score, you know, the ball it was like you know, Cork ended up with five guys running back towards their own goals and it's two on two inside. But like Seamus Flanagan got the ball and like some other players might struggle. That pass, you know, was executed inch perfect into Aaron Galan, smash goal. Like sometimes I think Limerick do the basics at a really, really high level. That 10, 15 yard pass, stick pass, bang, stick, bang, stick. I, I think they're I think they're incredibly coached. Um, but just, in, know, just just on that goal and that goal lead, right? Again, there seems to be a mixed messaging between the two cork defenders. Right? Mm-hmm. They ended up neither being here nor there, right? Like, no. As I said, like I was involved in the under 15 team. If you can see that goal at under 15, you'd be saying Jesus that's Stick with your man, back yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like Fanning got a free hit at the pass, and like Galan got a chance. Like in an Ireland final, he got a chance to tee up a shot between yeah. 14 and 21. Like again, with no player within 10, 15 yards. And I think when the Cork boys look back on that, they'll be very disappointed with that. And the same with the third goal. And the first goal came from a Luke Mead. He was obviously trying to do the right thing, 
So they look back on them and say, lads, jeez, like what we need to do, what were we at? Let's lining up, Marco. Marco, lining up like Dara Fitzgibbon over and left wing. Maybe a bit of theory in that. Um, no, we're not here to slaughter the cock management at all. No, we just give, I, I was in shock with what I was watching in the first 10 minutes. Dara Fitzgibbon over in the left wing. Maybe to try and and maybe you could say the goal did come off it a little bit in that he paced my trouble, Burnsy, and that, and that like, but of course, Burns stays calm and drives on. But for me, like putting Connor Callan out and Willow Dunahoo, like. Like a young lad like coming in. You know than William O'Donoghue, like the enforcer for me of the of the Limerick team in, in more ways than one. Like the, the naivety, I th- I thought it was incredible. I, I just have to say, and we said as well about the water breaks, wouldn't you love to see you said Friday night, someone going over and putting the, the tactics board up into the air and make a defiant statement. And I'm saying if Crow Park said to Lim- to, to Cork, you can't go back in, lads, even though you probably thought up to two hours ago you could. I said, we're going back in. Get out of the way. Yeah. And if, even exactly. if you go back in and stay in the tunnel or go out into yeah. the area behind the tunnel, the car park area underneath there. Yeah. So we, we, yeah. No, we're going down this our way and take the fines afterwards. But the, Correct. You were nearly on a rollover mode all day. It felt a bit like that, Anthony. And, you know, you're saying about Conor Cahillan coming out to map the enforcer. Was it a situation that they felt that Dallas Fitzgibbon wasn't able to do that job in the first place? So they asked the young Flaconic Cahillan to do it. And then he became the fall guy at halftime because he was taken off. And that hasn't, that, that hasn't been his purpose all year long. All year long has been playing wing forward and foraging back for the ball, gathering it, being an out, being an out man for the half-back line to carry the ball forward. And he was never allowed to do that at any stage during the day. But like, Dallas Fitzgibbon's form had been poor all along. And we, we had discussed that before the final as well and to be fair to Cock they got a massive response out of Shane Kingston in the semi-final when they dropped him and he came on and he and he and he re- rewarded the faith in the management by, by his performance and maybe maybe dropping Dara Fitz or not starting Dara Fitz might have got the same um, result but Dara just has had a poor season he'll come back from this like there's no doubt he's still a quality player but he just hasn't had a good season and he probably had a long season with Charleville as well last year he won the county intermediate as well so you know, he's been on the road a fair bit, but and unfortunately, you, you get judged every time you go inside the white lines. But I thought when you look at our half forward line, and the one thing that really, really ticked me off, I'd have to say, from the start of the game, is that Seamus Hannity was played in the full forward line. Now, he was the, he's the one player that you could say could bring a physical edge to the Limerick half back line. And how he ended up in the full forward line and was left inside there for the first quarter was amazing, in my opinion. And, like, if he was played in a half-forward line, be it a four-man half-forward line, and have two inside, because Cork were playing with two inside on a good bit this year. But to place him inside was all wrong, in my opinion. And it's a fair credit to him that he ended the game with four points in play on a team that was a beaten docker from a long ways out. But he should have been played in a half-forward line, in my opinion. And that would have allowed maybe one of the other half-forwards to move back in a three-man midfield, that would also give help to our half-back line because we knew we knew if our half half-back line was pulled out and space was afforded to the Limerick inside line, that they would do damage, and that's exactly what happened. So there were a couple of errors, I would say, and that's what really would have would surprise me of the naivety of some of the decisions that were made. Yeah, TJ, we said Friday night, I suppose. We said, "Where's the second ball going to go?" Do you know what? And we said they let him have the puck out. They let him go to Nile O'Leary. Let him go to Sean. I don't know who. Let him go to Downey. Where's the second ball going to go? And one of the stats 
No, no, it was a it was a bad baiting in an iron final, but two thirteen to six points from turnovers. Yeah, like, and I, I just couldn't see where the second ball was going to go. Like, yeah. Kenny gave him that space to play that second ball. There's no way Limerick were going to. Yeah, I thought like Liam that after twelve or thirteen minutes, that this game was kind of heading along the direction of what we knew. The second ball had worked to a degree; they'd worked it down the line nicely a couple of times. Um, they created one or two overlaps, but it was almost like as if going back to the synchronization, that like Limerick sensed. This is what they're going to do when they went after one or two puck outs. They left the puck out, go short, and then two or three swarmed. Like Liam said there about maybe the passing of Limerick is a credit, and they do it really, really well. There was some of the passes in from Cork. They didn't stick. Some mm. of the balls got spilled. There was a couple of hairy moments there. Now, I suppose let's go back to Cork for a second, right? They had three brilliant wins in the championship. They were entitled to be in the All-Ireland final. They had done an awful lot of stuff right. And maybe, and we said this on Friday night, like where is the balance between Sticking to your plan, this is our team. Mark Coleman's playing centre-back, right? And how much do you get influenced by the opposition? And I think that that's where Limerick are kind of really playing with the heads of management teams. And because they're so strong in key positions, that they're kind of shagging your team up. But Cork kind of backed themselves and it didn't work. If they were having another go in a couple of weeks' time, would it be different? I'm sure they probably would. But look, as we all know, it's on the day. And on the day, they met a Limerick team that were just... Just and and, and and I, and I think I actually think TJ in the middle of the second half, the fact that Cock brought on three subs at the same time, I think the Cock management said to themselves, you know what, let's give these lads the experience of an All Ireland final, give as many fellas a go because I think the game had gone for them at that stage, and they introduced like they introduced five subs or six as as, as the course of the game ran because Robbie Flynn went off a concussion, I think. Um, but you know we we'll come again. But we have, like, it, it, there's a big decision now to be made whether you're going with pace and quick hurling and quick movement of the slitter because it'll take two or three years at least to get the physical. Like, if you're going to physically match Limerick, you need to have, you, the lads need to hit the gym immediately and all of them need to put on at least a half a stone or a stone of muscle to be able to match them physically. I don't think Cork are going to do that. What I saw in the Cork under 20s, I felt they played an unbelievable brand of hurling, particularly against a Galway team that I thought was slightly more physical than them, but they moved the ball at pace and at will. And if that's what Cork's plan is for the next couple of years, is that's what they, like, they'll, they'll probably struggle to beat that Limerick team. Like I, I'd have to say at the moment, that Limerick team looked like the Dublin footballers from four or five years ago physically commanding, no weaknesses all over, massive humility, fierce professional, and look unbeatable, in my opinion, for the next couple of years. I don't, and that's no disrespect to any other county at the moment, I don't think I don't think the pick of Ireland would have beaten that Limerick team yesterday. So just coming back to my court point of view, we don't have that physicality. We have a lovely, wristy, quick hurling team but if you're going to try and move around a big physical team like that, you have to hurl at pace. And that's and you're right, TJ, there was a good few balls that didn't stick. One in particular, I think it was Niall O'Leary to Mark Coleman, where Keen Lynch came in and nipped the ball off of him. And that's exactly what you're saying. So you have to be able to nip the ball, gone, move it quick to move that Limerick team around. And that's the big decision I think the cock will have to make over the next couple of years. But I think I think back to your point, TJ. Yeah. I think I think Limerick Limerick are playing the game. On their terms, so Limerick, Limerick will 
as you said, and, and they're probably are in the heads of everyone else around the country now in terms of like, how do you get at how Limerick are structured? Because, you know, you won't like, you know, you could you could put a tracker on Jeremy Burns and, and, and Declan Hannon and they'd probably be more or less in the same positions of the field every time they play. They really have a structure that and they challenge you to try and break them down to their structure. But like when they play the game on their terms, they're really hard to break down. I suppose we... We had we had a, probably a double centre forward where Jason was playing in front of of Declan Hannon and Bubbles was was coming in behind him. So we had a sort of a of a triangle and Bubbles is at the top of the triangle. So we nearly had a four man half forward line. So we were trying to play Declan from in front and playing from behind with Jason then dropping out to midfield uh, to pick up um, Daryl Donovan with with um, Dan moving back in and and picking up uh, Keen Lynch, which meant that Brendan was a little bit free um, to to be able to protect. And not get our backs dragged all over the place. But if you know, we and we felt in the first half we had it, we had we had it, we were going grand. Um, we actually, as you know, we scored two sixteen. We had nine wides, and we probably should have had. We could have got two twenty in that first half. So it was moving well. Now, I think I think we, you know, two things. We definitely ran out of juice. Um, you know, it was a really hot day, and and Limerick are you know in in, in impeccable condition. Uh, their conditioning is is you know is in a an extremely good place. Joe Connor started, and, and Mike Kiley obviously has. Has, has drove it on again, but uh, in that second half, I felt Limerick moved the battleground and we got caught. So Limerick's midfielders pushed back in way close to their half back line. Their half back line moved into so they swarmed us there, and we couldn't get the ball in the first half. We had their half backs going back towards their own goals, and I felt we got a lot of return from that because if you can get if you can get Jeremy Burns or Kyle Hayes or, or Declan running back towards their own goals, I think you're in business. Whereas if they're facing out all the time and in control, you have to get the ball over them. Uh, but in the second half, they shifted that, and and as a result, our half back line got dragged out, and all of a sudden, the space was created inside, and the, and and they obviously they they battered us in that thirty yard line to sixty five yard line at, at at our end at our forward line. We we just sucked the life out of us in that in that space, and came at us and drove. So I think you know they have they have it well sussed in terms of you know there's never any panic, even when they're ten points down, they never feel like they're out of a game. They just are in a really really good place, but they have. They have a game plan that is very, very effective. They get the ball down, their midfielders are there to pick it up. They'll work it around. When the ball is on, it's on. They'll push it in and they'll hurt you. And honestly, they, they will kill you on restarts. If you go short, they'll, they'll come and get you. If you go long, they'll just snap it out of the sky and come at you. So, you know, all the time you've got to be trying to, you're trying to pick holes in them. But I couldn't get over, uh, Mark, the, the lack of movement from your forwards. We played Cork in the league match back in 2020 down in the, in the park. It was on a Saturday night. And the Cox movement in their half-forward line where they were going across lines, like there was always movement and, and we struggled to deal with it on the restarts that day. I, I looked out yesterday and, and Patrick Collins was standing in the goals and there was nobody moving. And in some instances, there, was, there wasn't even three across the half-forward line. And Liam, do you know what? There was a few occasions where some of the forwards had their back to the goalkeeper and didn't want the ball. And we had a couple of players during the course of the game that their head... I saw a couple, three or four players coming out at half-time with their head down looking at the side like... And I thought, you know, that's that's not the lads like that. They're way more confident in that. But it just Limerick sucked the life out of them. Lads, three eighteen scored at halftime. It was a pulverisation, like you know. And you know, you know, it reminded me. I come from a small, I, I come from a small club, right? And when you were playing under fourteen, you'd have six or seven fellas on the age, and then you'd be filling it up with thirteen year olds and twelve year olds, and then you come in against the city team in a county final. And you find out that they have 15 fillers. They're all on the edge, right? And you're looking at the corner back and you're looking at all forward. One for a six foot tall and the other fellas about four for three. And you're just saying to yourself, how are we going to get through these fellas? Like, 
and they sucked the life out of you. And that's what it felt like to me yesterday looking at them. The lads knew the game was up pretty early yesterday. And um, look, we're down, but we'll we, we, we rebound from it, the lads. Killer, killer were known to play the odd over edge, lad, I think. <laughs> from the, the friends in the city. So that crowd out there, they'll be bringing them in at 16. They'll be shaving. <laughs> Dale, I, I, I tell you, I tell you a small story, right? 1981, right? I was actually playing Conor Forward and I was born in 72. So that'll tell you how old I was, right? Um, we played Brian Dillon's, I think, in the county final and Damien Irwin was centre-back and he, he was huge. And, and the Bear Clifford, right, was playing wing-back and he was three years of age, right? But he was huge. But his brother, Bernie Clifford, was playing in the other wing and he was a jockey and he was... T- Tiny, he happened to be a few days over age. <laughs> I was on the county final in 1981. They were smaller because they were always questioning Aiden, Aiden Schiffer on the other side. Brilliant, brilliant. And you know what? We, we, when we used to go back to West Clare playing the football, like that was the crack. And you know what, sure? It was an age like where West Clare, like, and you know, Liam, sure, been up, been up near Clare and the boys down south tip. They were an alien to you, like, you know, you'd nearly know more from Limerick than you would from the, But we used to go back to West, like, to play the football. And there's no way, like, under 12, we ever went back without two or three 13-year-olds, definitely. <laughs> because we figured they'd definitely have them playing, like, you know. <laughs> and even even to that extent, where I'm living now, down in Tullycrine, and it'd be near enough to the ferry. And if we were going playing Shannon Gales or Kilime or even Kilrush, we said, they'll have two over from Kerry lads in the ferry. So... <laughs> We bring we bring three or four more like I stop just be free for all. You never know whether you really won it or not. Like, <laughs> but Liam, I just wanted to ask you. You give us you give us an incredible insight there, and that's the that's the best insight we've got all season on this Limerick setup. Even TJ can give us that, and because we're only watching from the stands and that. But you're down there at the call fest. You've seen so much of them to get that insight of how ye went about it. I think I think our listeners will be fascinated with that and. We thank you for sharing that. I know you're out of the equation now, so you can let it off a bit. But, you know, I was going to ask you, yeah, you know what I mean? But I was going to ask you, like, you've dealt with two of the greatest modern-day coaches, I'd say, in Eamon and in, in Tommy. I was lucky to have Tommy uh, for the couple of years in Dublin. Like, where does Kinnock lie in, in the, you know, from what he did with Clare, underage, Clare seniors, and Limerick to bring him back, where where, where does he lie and? Weird. He's he's quiet, of course. Like the two boys, you won't hear much from him, you know. But um, like some he's some uh, list of stuff behind him, isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah. Like it, it's incredible, really. Um, you know. And again, I wouldn't know the inner workings of um, of his operation, but you know, you know the way that he's talked about. Uh, you know the way, even the way he takes control of of um, the quarters. He comes in like he is. He's he, he just seems to be technically on a really really different level uh to be fair to him um and i think that the lads you know they, they swear by him you can just you can just sense where where the team is with him i think he's you know and again i would say that Eamon and tommy the connection they had with the players is is incredible and it looks it looks really really of the highest order as well with paul um you know i think i think uh the way he has them playing and i know that they rave a lot about his games-based approach to uh how he does his coaching i think he everything he does he seems to have a purpose too um and like they just they just like I'd say they've, they've they've done they're so comfortable in the in the game that he wants them to play that they play it a really really and I actually think they love getting the chance to to show what they can do uh, when they go out and play a match and obviously they've so he's got them technically really really well set up and as I said they're imposing their game and and you know 
all of us as managers trying to we're, we're probably spending maybe too much time thinking about what they bring in you're trying to see how do you get the best of your operation but you can't stop thinking about what what they are what they've what they have coming out the tunnel as well so it's trying to get the balance right because i don't think i don't think tipperary would beat limerick by by trying to be beat limerick at what they do because they're brilliant at what they do it's about how you can play your game and look to impose your game but it's not an easy thing to do because he has them really well drilled and obviously then you know i'd say caroline in the background and the on the whole mindset side of things i mean they look like a group that just love what they do um you know you, you see it now right throughout uh ever since you know i think there was a picture of sean finn and, and keen when they're getting down onto the bench they all are fine and they're smiling and laughing but when they get in when they put on the battle armor and that whistle goes my god they just they're 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 animals inside those white lines and and paul kenirk and you know john running the whole operation like limerick limerick are just they're they're operating at a, a really really high level um at the moment and, and they are hard to break down and as you said it it's hard to see where the break is going to come because you know Watford went at them physically in the first quarter and you know they, they'll, they'll, they'll deal with that and they come on we 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 hurt them in for 35 minutes and they just sat down uh came out with a new plan and, and blew us away again so like they are a formidable opponent and if anything this year they've been even further ahead of the pack than they've been before so uh it's going to take it's going to take a lot of effort but you know they, that's the beauty of the game you know um, you never know. There's always someone waiting in the wings. Everyone's back down the bottom of the hill this morning, but they do look like a formidable team. And I would say, with John running the whole ship, and with all the support team he has around him, and as you said, I think Paul Kinnerk stands tall. You know, having done it in football, having done it in hurling, having done it with Clare, and, and, and now doing it with Limerick, um, he's a serious, serious operation part of that operation. I feel. That's, there's no doubt about it. I suppose. Look, you mentioned and like you mentioned that two boys laughing and Sean Finn lads. Jesus, did you ever see a man as calm on a field? Like, no. He's just he's incredible. Like he just he doesn't it seem as if he sprints at any stage in the no. game, and yet he hoovers up on Mac. He's incredible. He's just, he's just an an absolute phenomenal of a cornerback. Like, and he has brought cornerback player to a new level. Like you know because if. If something, if we had a fellow like him, we'd probably be playing some tobacco. I would say, um, but he's just—he's graceful, he's so composed, he's great, he's great wrist, his skill level is so high, and he brings that, you know, that calming effect around the full back line all the time, Dela. And you know, he—he he seems like a cornerback playing with a smile on his face all the time. He loves the game, and he wants to be involved with the ball. Knows how to do the right thing all of the time. Um, Pat Lads made a very good point in the Sunday game last night, the time that Shane Kingston passed him, that if it was the old days, or without the rule, we'd say the cynical foul inside the 21-yard line, that he possibly would have dragged Shane down. Um, but, you know, being able to do the right decisions and make the right decisions on the ball is very, very important as well. It was early in the game, if he fouled him and conceded a penalty and his team went down to 14 players, you know, that shows a maturity as well to do the right thing. He you know, he tried to do everything in his power to put Shane off his stride to, to try and deny him the opportunity, but didn't go far enough to create to, to, to cynically follow him. That, that's that's very smart play as well. But he has a, he's showed a consistency then as well to his performance, Anthony, because he's been like this for the last four years. So and like you know, once and I think Liam has alluded to about the backroom staff and about keeping all these lads grounded and stuff for like that. You know, I just don't see them. You know, him in particular. You don't see him going backwards like I don't see any of the team actually going backwards. It's actually, it's actually better than I want to get, I would say. I think a big one too, Dale, is like Dan Morrissey back into fullback, I think has been, has been like he, he caught one of the ball. He caught a ball out of the sky yesterday. I thought it was an incredible catch. Um, 
And like he went, he went in there, you know, suppose things weren't going that well when Richie got the knock and he came in. But like he just he just took over the mantle on the edge of the square. And I think his positioning back there, you know, he was an out and out halfback mainly. But I think the way he's been repositioned in on the edge of the square, I think he brings calmness and control to that to that back line. And you know, it gives it gives Barry Nash and, and Sean a little bit freedom, knowing that he's there all the time. I think he's he's a very strong protective layer and he's he's always knocking around and snuffs out the danger. And I, I think he's He's a bit of an unsung hero, I think, over the last three games because you know he went he went in when when the house wasn't in great shape and we 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 had a few goals got in that in that monster final and he just steadied the ship and and I think he's he's been a big player for them uh, since. Yeah, oh, huge and TJ. Before we go on to talk about Keen, because I want to ask you like a, a word out for we hope there's no news this morning. A word out for Peter Casey, mm. Jesus. Keen was man of the match. He'll be he'll be hurler of the year. Keso was definitely on for man of the match, wasn't he? He was yeah, he was on fire. Like was, however you got him off, TJ, it was worth it. Yeah, well, as I said, I, I've already got a record that said he, he was. I think I think he was entitled to get off. I'm just wondering how many people t- tonight in the bar. Technology, TJ, it was technology. Technology tonight in the bar are going to try and emulate Peter Casey's points in front of the Cusack stand. Oh. It was just. Exuded confidence and the way he stepped. And in fairness, Mel O'Leary, he's had a very, very good season, right? Cornerback, right? But they were just under the pump all the time yesterday. Good ball coming in. But Peter Casey was on fire. He was just unfortunate. I think he was left on. He probably would have chipped in with another couple of points in the second half. And it would have been an unbelievable performance altogether. But really, really good. But there's definitely a nightclub or a dance move there in, in that score. There'd be a lot of young fellas trying it. <laughs> but no better man, no better man when he's out than Casey to do the bit of boogie boogie, I tell you. No better man. <laughs> Well, it's, good well, to see. Well, it's great to see it's great to see two Clermen picking up uh, finally Clare guys have three medals now to two cases yeah. it's great it's great <laughs> for the county it's a great lift for us well, what, what, what I will say is um, I, I think it's very important not to underestimate the fundamentals right whilst Paul Canuck's doing a super job like the guys year in year out to keep themselves in the shape that they're in to get the bodies and the minds right like there's an awful lot of work as well as the coaching like look Paul does a brilliant job it's a plan that's coached probably just down literally to everybody buys into it. It's perfected. It's very clear. And the system really works TJ, all the time. And then the TJ, second point is yeah. it? It's trust. You know yeah. when you're going well over a team, Liam, no, Mac, no. You just get at times when you're over a team that you know they're binding to you and your group totally. I think that's a massive thing with this Limerick team. There's a trust. Liam kind of said it there about the whole mechanics of it. It's, it's a beautiful place to be like. It is, you know. but the point, the point I was going to get there was for the Munster final, like Dan Morrissey had been coming back from injury. He came on against Cork, right? But again, they left like Richie there. They believed in the team that was there, right? And then when Galan, like I'm not sure exactly what the theory was when he wasn't making those runs in the first round of the championship against Cork, like they didn't start him in the Munster final. So they kind of more or less sent out a very, very strong message to everybody across the team here that if you're not prepared to do that hard work, and there is a lot of hard running in everything that they do. Huge amount of quality, like the scores they get over the shoulder and all that, right? But John mentions work and hard work, and like there's numbers and targets that they got to meet every single day, right? And basically, if you're not prepared to do that, all those players now know, right, that if you're not doing it, you won't be there. Yeah. And come here just to stick with you. Um, where, and you're a Limerick man, obviously, look at and, and you've produced um, the carries and the brilliant guys over the years and and uh where does he he rank a key in at this stage he's like he's he has a lot of years to go like 
But, you know, I know Kieran on the radio on Saturday, and Kieran had said straight out that he, he was hard on him, maybe, but he was going straight out that he was the Messi of Hurland, he said. And, like, where does he rank? I don't want you to rank him at one or two or three, but where do... He sits alongside the reeds, I take it, at this stage. The the the, the Shefflands, the, the Cannings, the, the Owen Kellys, the, the Nicky Englishes, you know, the, the, the Tony Kellys. He sits comfortably up there at that top table and maybe a bit above it at the moment. Without a doubt. Um, like Kiran had a massive amount of natural ability himself and he was definitely the best player I played with and the things that he could do, the rest of us couldn't do. Keane is in that bracket. He's composure on the ball. He's just ability like in the rook. And even see one of, one of the balls yesterday where Matt Coleman was fouling him, right? And that'll just show you his strength and his conditioning and his just ability just to be able to play at that level, even in the cauldron of being fouled and pulled and dragged. And he's man marked down most days he goes out. But the answer to the question is, like, he is right up there. He's going to win a second hurler of the year, I believe, right? Um, only Henry has done that in the past. So already he's right up there at the very top. Definitely, to me, today, I would say that he's the greatest Limerick hurler of all times. And he's only mid-20s, so he's a good bit to go. But he really makes the whole thing tick. He pulls players all over the place. He's just ability to get those flicks and get scores as well. Now six points in play as well. Like He's added that to his game over the last couple of years. To me, he is really the key to the team, like, and he's just a brilliant player, and and, and does it all with just a natural flair. But again, I go back. I think we said this already, right? I'm not sure you can coach. No, I am sure you, you can coach what Keen has. Like, mm. It's just a natural ability and a flair. You can try and get into a place where he just absolutely he's in in, in a setup which brings out the best in him. But there's so much of that natural, and and had it from day one. So we're just very very lucky to have him. And, He's got an awful good, like an awful lot of very good players around him as well, which definitely helps to bring out the best of him. But in Limerick right now, the best. Like we'll, we probably have to fast forward five or six or seven or eight years in order to be able to say where he is in the overall pantheon. But winning two hundred years at this stage in his career, he's right up there. His father should have built in Lockmore instead of going into Patrick's well. That's all I can say. One inch. You should have built in Lockmore. Yeah, like they're on, a, they're on about a hundred. They're on about hundred and fifty million for Harry Kane, Liam. Like if yeah. it was a transfer market, like he'd oh. he'd be topping the market, wouldn't he? He would. Did you make a bid, man? We would. We would. We are. Uh, yeah, he, I saw him since he's fourteen years of age. Anthony was involved with the development squads in Cork uh, on the fifteen, on the sixteen. Um, he had a lovely little um, rat's tail at that stage. Was down the back of his down the back of his um, neck. We were sent to the lads. If anybody can get hold of him, if anybody can get hold of him, you might give him a little bit of a pull, like you know. But he he had that since since he's fourteen. Like I, that's my first time of seeing him. And um, I suppose what took me with it is the fact that he's a kitog. I suppose from day one, and the closest thing I saw to him was Jodine, the skill level that Joe had, like but. The, he's, how his physique has changed over the last seven or eight years is obviously tremendous as well. And that's down to the, to the S&C coaches in Limerick. Um, and look, Anthony, you were involved with the, the, the academies in Limerick for a, for a fair bit. And you know that the effort and the money and, and um, the professionalism that is put into the team and the county is second to none. And all those lads, you know, you include a Sean Finch, you just look at the physique of them that doesn't just come naturally. That the lads don't grow into those bodies, right? They actually are getting 
that that training behind it and the nutrition and stuff like that. And like today's or yesterday was a great day for all those players. But the work that is going in in the background is unseen from supporters. And I thought Declan Hannon made a great point last night when he was interviewed about, you know, the partners. You know, the, the last 20 months has been difficult due to COVID. Lives have moved on. And it might have been John Coyley said it, that, that some of the players, that there are extra bodies now because some of the lads have had kids and stuff like that. Like life has moved on. and has, But then there are still support units behind these players take care of their gear, take care of their food, you know, when they're not at home and they're not at work, they're at training and all that kind of stuff. So we only see them on the glory days. But look at all the work that's going in in the background from these players. They, so I, I suppose that word is commitment and it's, it's total in Limerick. And I know the players are getting it, but it is, there's a huge amount of stuff that's going on in the background to get the lads to the position they're in now. And that has to be marked as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think to build on that as well, Dalo. Uh, like I, I seen, I, I think, I, I think Keen Lynch made his championship debut again Tipperary inside in the Gaelic grounds. I'm not sure. Sure, TJ will probably tell me what year it was. Uh, no, but, he, he actually made it against Clare. Was it? We, yeah, we had, we had we had a win under a bit before he kind of uh, put the put the kibosh on me after that. Day. Right, right. But <laughs> I, well, he he was playing corner forward that day, and and again, Gerard Hegarty's early days in, in his in his green jersey, like he would have been an on and off player. Obviously, he was doing a bit of football as well. But like to see the effort they put in to get themselves right physically, and to see the way that their performances are at now. I think that those players deserve a huge amount of credit because, you know, there was nothing that would have said they were wonder kids. Uh, but I think the way they've gone about their business collectively as a group uh, has been, you know, phenomenal. And obviously, you know, even TJ back to Declan, like Declan had a tough day up in Crow Park in 13, missing the freeze. And, you know, it was a, there was a lot of berating done of him. And to see the guy now, he's after lifting three Lee McCarthy's and, you know, has, is a fair chance that he, he'd be the first one to get his hands in it four times. So, I just think the group themselves, they've, you know, they've really taken, I think, the game and how you prepare for a game and the enjoyment you can get from a game to a new level. And uh, I think Corks, the Corks, the Tips, the Clares and all the rest have a lot of work to do to, uh, to, to look to match that. Because if you're air a bit off against this Limerick side, they'll, they'll, they'll pulverise you. Not easy pick the three to come out of Munster next year. Or I can, I can safely nearly say the two to come out of Munster next year besides <laughs> Limerick. It's fair, like it's fair tight, isn't it? Well, yes. From my point of view, I'm looking at Peter Duggan as Baron Clooney and Shane O'Donnell came on as a sub for a rogue and I'm kind of consoling myself to maybe. But like, you're just, yeah, his round robin back, like, and he's uh, incredible. But your look, all credit to Limerick, lads, and, and, you know, champions of champions this morning and uh, credit to them. I suppose that's a talking point every year, then it'll be the All-Stars and... and um, yeah, you know, before, before, before All-Stars. Sorry, TJ. I've been loads of with plenty of time, TJ. Just a very good yeah. question. There was a, one person asked me to come out. Like, how do you think this Limerick team would have fared against that brilliant Kikini team of let's say 06, 07, 08? Is that I know it's kind of a very uh, it's so hard uh, to compare eras, like yeah, it's so hard to compare era, yeah. But uh, that was yeah, a better in Liam, yeah, Liam Liam stopped them doing five, like so yeah. have a insight, Liam. Well, you know, as you said, it's hard to compare teams they are 10 years apart, but um, there's, there's an awful lot of similarities in in both teams and in both squads, I would say. Um, like the strength and depth that Kilkenny had uh, at that time, uh, but Kilkenny were very much, you know, they, they just battery and like their, their ability to win aerial possession 
and and kill you in the air. And if it hit the ground, they'd kill you there too. Um, and I suppose the idea they had for a goal, um, you know, they, they were probably, you know, to, to the match, I think you'd you'd have no problem filling Crow Park with if you were ever going to get the two of them facing <laughs> off against each other. Uh, because, uh, you know, if, would, wouldn't you love to see Tommy Walsh and, and JJ Delaney lining up against Tom Morrissey and, and Garrod Hegarty, uh, just to see yes. how that would, would fare out. So, uh, yeah, look, but I mean, is you know, doesn't that say all you need to know really, uh, TJ, that we'd be talking about this team in the same in the same breath as you were talking about that Kilkenny team, who I think we all hailed as probably the greatest team ever to play the game. So Limerick are and Limerick are far from from uh, from done yet. You know what I mean? There's some of those guys really in their prime. You know, Declan is only 29. There's a lot of hurling left in this in this Limerick team. So I think uh, this you know to be to be a match that everyone would be savoring and looking forward to. But that, you know they're up there with them. I think TJ based on what they've done. Like reality is, you know they could they could have four in a row in the bag right now. Um, that's 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 how much they've they've taken over. They're three times monster champions. They they're winning leagues. They're they're you know they're 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 a, a well-oiled machine that have no intention of stopping just yet by the looks of things. Yeah, they're exceptional. Now, sometimes you too, do. like in the game in the game, it's just as happens. Still, or your mind is kind of um, just kind of just you know you know it goes as far as there, right? I'm not sure. Like definitely, obviously, nicely ahead of the pack. But Cork just didn't come to the table yesterday. Like they had a good season to get to an Ireland final, very good, but it just didn't happen for them. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I said it just made Limerick maybe look that little bit better. Three eighteen in the first half was probably just phenomenal. Like, and I think Cork contributed to a bit to a bit. I was thinking about it last night, TJ, and I was saying, Tip have had great teams, and Liam, you've been instrumental in, in, in the last two great teams in Tip, but I would say they've been that bit fragmented, the Tip wins, like obviously, you know, a bit of space in between them, but to, to win three out of four, like they have to be the next best team to Kilkenny since the Cork three in a row team of the 70s. Fair to say, they have to be now. Uh, Fair enough, Mark? Absolutely, no argument. There's no argument, and, and, and Anthony... The, the thing about it is that they're not going away. Like mm. this could be a domination for another. I, I could be a domination for another two or three years. I would say at least, like you know, and like Declan is probably would he be the only survivor from the 2013 match, Liam? I'd say all the rest of the lads are probably all all new to the game. They're Nicky, all they're really kind of Raymond. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nicky yeah. and Graham will definitely would have been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that, that's yeah, that's the frightening thing like was in, in, in John Kiley's interview. One of the first things he said was, We're on an upward trajectory, like scary enough to hear. Like, you know, this, all the fellas just to right. over back to back all Ireland champions. This is unreal. Thinking ahead straight away, TJ, like, so. TJ, TJ yeah. can I ask you a question yeah. there? I'm yeah. just wondering, um, where does um, Rob Downey send the bill for the holiday the Graham Mulcahy broke during the, <laughs> during the scuffle? You know, his address by any chance, like, would you, would you send it on? Because he wasn't 25 quid, it's, eh? I actually think Graham Mulcahy. I think he's actually living in Cork. Is he? He might be able to give him a loan on him, so. You can call him call and see him, yeah. So, I don't know, right. There was a couple of scuffles, <laughs> all right, like, but again, it was a bit of frustration. But I, I, I'll go back to the point Liam made earlier on. It is, like, Mark. You'd have to ask where was the intensity early doors, even after the first wild break. Like it, 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 it didn't arrive. It, it was it was played in our terms and our pace. Yeah, I just I can't explain it. Uh, I, I TJ, I can't explain it. It was quite obvious sitting in the stand yesterday that they just they weren't that it like they didn't they, you know. And even on Cadigan now, lads, who's a really really fit player now and in good condition, good order. Like he just couldn't. 
he he felt like a little boy in comparison to an awful lot of the the, the, the Limerick players yesterday, and that's the frightening thing about it because I thought he would bring a huge amount of physical. Now he probably three points to concede it to Tom Morrissey, probably happy enough not conceding maybe six to Keane Lynch or two two to Garrod Hagerty or you know one three from Blade to Glenn, and even though. Fellas, I say the Downey struggled an awful lot. He still only conceded one point to, to Seamus Flanagan, but in the overall context, it looked like Flanagan handled an awful lot of ball and created a lot of scores. So, but like, I just the physicality did. Did something happen in advance? Was there all small little things that culminated and sucking the energy? Was it the three championship matches in a row? I know they got a fight between them. I, I can't explain it, TJ, but it didn't bring any energy. And I suppose I'd have to say when I looked down the field, I thought Dara Fitzgibbon and Robbie Flynn in the two wings, they wouldn't be known for, I suppose, work rate would be the one word I would use. They're brilliant on, on the ball, brilliant, but off the ball, not so good. And then you put them in against Kyle Hayes and Dermot Burns. That, to me, didn't sit right. Hannah didn't sit right to be sitting in the full forward line against that particular half-back line. That didn't sit right with me. And it, it also created three inside in the Limerick full back line, which I don't think... I think we would have wanted two inside there, Hoggy maybe and Jack O'Connor. Um, so for me, we definitely contributed. And does that seep into the player saying, Jesus, why, why is he playing there? Um, I don't... I, I can't answer it, um, TJ, today. But you'd always like to think that your team would give 100% and would go down their back fighting. I didn't see that yesterday, and that's hard for me as a cockman to say that. Uh, and I've no extra grind with anybody, to be honest with us. I just, we've played enough of it down through the year and seen enough of it. You just want your team to leave it all in the field. I don't think we left it all in the field yesterday, which is disappointing. 316 at half time from play, and you take off the number 10, young fella. I just, yeah. you bring on his brother, not a defender, and you put him midfield. I just doesn't. Doesn't add up with me. I don't, like, it does, I don't know. It's, I thought it was bizarre anyway. Look, everyone had enough day, maybe. The sideline had enough day. Some players had enough day. So look, we all have yeah. off this. And, 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 and I will shooting. say... I will not say, anyone and then, No, and Anthony, I will say this, right? Um, I think that Limerick was so good yesterday, right? It probably just didn't allow Cork any oxygen whatsoever. They never allowed Cork to get into the game and they obviously never allowed the supporters to get in behind them as well. I mean, it was the quietest... Like, I concur with what everybody said about before the game. The atmosphere was electric. We were lucky people to be one of the 40,000 people that were there yesterday. We went to great lens. I had a friend of mine who got a ticket for me in Donegal on Friday evening. And he went to meet a bus driver at half eight on Sunday morning to put it on the bus in an envelope for me. And I would, I, you know, and, and my, my niece collected a ticket in the bus station at 12 o'clock and like that's the lens that people went to get tickets and you know it's it's just we were lucky to be there with 40,000 people and we're in bonus territory I would say because we wouldn't have expected to be in an All-Ireland final just disappointed with the way it turned out we never ever got the grips with the game but look we we will be back there's no question at all about that and we do have artillery coming it's how you convert that artillery now to the senior team is, is the biggest question. If you remember back then to the to the eighteen semi-final when, when Limerick played Cork, um, and obviously they were mm. they were they were nearly nearly across the line on that occasion. But one thing that struck me that day, obviously Kieran Kingston was over the team, but 
Daniel Kearney was wing forward and he played very, very deep. He played out into that space out in front. Um, and I really thought that the two Cork half forward line would play out in that space and play that 10, 20 yards in front of Dermot Burns and Kyle Hayes and try and get their hands on the ball there and pop it in over the over their half back line. Because I think when 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 Cork troubled Limerick, it was their ability to break down that half back line was was where they got it. And I didn't think Cork had any presence in that area yesterday, which I, I just found really surprising because I thought Cork that day were very in 18 in the semi-final I thought Cork were very very tactically aware and nearly had a plan to derail Limerick as I said Limerick just had, had a super finish to get him across the line but I was that's why I, I was probably surprised yesterday that with Kieran over it and again maybe just different players but definitely I, I thought um I thought they'd look to, to create more space and get on ball out there in that middle area of the field uh, and they didn't do it at all yesterday, which I, I, I just think, found surprising. I think the theory behind it, Liam, was it was like as if they didn't want to engage in that middle third. So I saw mm. it in the first round as well, right, where Cork tried to play their six forwards up past the 45-yard line, and they tried they left Will Donahue free for a while in that middle, right? And then they had, let's say, Conor Cahalan helping out with Martin McKean Lynch, basically, and not engage in the middle of the third. That was the theory behind it, right? Obviously, it didn't work. But no. it kind of worked in the first round to a degree because Limerick didn't push on. Uh, Tom Morris was taken off. To, like maybe Limerick were only kind of maybe on the upward curve at that stage. But that was the theory behind it. I, I I do hear what you're saying. I do remember that in 2018. Um, so I'm, I'm just like I said again, tactically, it's the influence of the Limerick team on the opposition when they sit down to discuss a game plan or personnel. It's just the influence. It it just seems to be very overpowering at the moment there's a fluidity to the Limerick team as well TJ because Hernady went in and Sean Finn in the, at the start and the first ball that went in was it went into Jack O'Connor who was on Barry Nash and Jack O'Connor looked like he had to beat the Barry Nash straight away he took him on and immediately Limerick changed Finn onto Jack O'Connor and put Barry Nash onto, onto Hernady that's that that doesn't happen by accident uh, TJ like you know how would you have your well, that's a thing like they may have looked at Watford lads I also think they may have looked at the Watford semi-final, Liam. And, you know, Watford went crash-bang in that first quarter. Like, they, they, the Stephen Bennett's hits and yeah, and they still 4-3 down at the water. And then they turn it on then for the second quarter. And maybe Kingston said that they have improved enough to take them on in a different way. You know, a running game. That's what we heard. Would the pace of cock, like... What, what I hated about all that was you would swear Limerick couldn't walk like you know <laughs> this Limerick team of speedsters all around the, the field like you know so look yeah. it's just look lads, we, I suppose look you could analyse it to death but it was just one of those days I think where a great team hit high zones you know it's like a great horse hitting a great day where everything he jumps well he moves well and the other team you know hits the first fence and he's out of stride going down to the second and and he's on, he's only the Midland horse anyway, but people think he has a bit of form, he's younger. And like yeah, the, the great chaser kicks on like oh, you know, that's that I think you could maybe look at it like that and you know, beats him 20 lengths with the jockey looking over his shoulder, TJ. I know. And I suppose look, when you get dragged out of your comfort zone, I suppose that's where the true test comes and can you survive like when, when basically this wave hits you, like you get punched in the nose, and like maybe that second quarter, like it was two eight to one six at the water break. Limerick looked like to be moving nicely. Like Cork needed to come with something after that water break, just to kind of just stem the flow. I know Colin went down for a while to try and see if he can stop it, but again, Limerick just kept piling in scores after scores after scores. 
and like you finish with three eighteen at half time. Jeez, three eighteen. I, I I know I heard it said, but how many in Ireland they won? Like, but yeah. they concede they concede three eighteen in one half. Ireland and Limerick had six wides in the first half as well. And I think it was just phenomenal. Like, so is that is that second mm-hmm. quarter did the damage again? Like, in both sight then. Like, in, when you're chasing it against this Limerick team, it's always going to be tricky. I think then because their game plan is going to be to the fore. Yeah, lads, we got a team of the year last night from the lads. I had a vote. Do you know yourself now, Liam, when you're in the studio, you have a vote or in, in live. Like, you have a vote, but you have no chance of getting them on for that night. Like, because they're all sitting around the table out in Montrose. Like, you know, yeah. I met Jackie Terrell late on last night. He arrived in, and um, of course, he was kind of fresh and a long, long night's work. And I was kind of I'm finished now, kid. And we have a podcast in the morning. I said, How would you pick that team? Like, you know what he says. I'm washing my hands. Anyway, basically, it, it was um, Murph was in goal. Kenny, I've started off there, Dale, because I, I, you know, Murph is a brilliant shot stopper. I think he's the best in the game. But I think most of the goalies now, I think it's based on your distribution. I think that's the that's the big trump card in terms of your ability to get your hands in the ball when you ha- like. You know, most of these goalies have the ball in their hand thirty or forty times in a match. Um, I tried to tell them that a while ago, Liam, and they weren't listening to me. I'm, delighted, to I'm delighted there's somebody here on a neutral point of view telling them they're on our, on our team, right? One thing, I don't care how many is out the field, right? On our team, Nicky Quaid is in goals, right? No argument. Yeah. When did any of us say he wasn't on the team? I just kind of felt. We're looking for accommodation, list all, Liam, if you can help. I just kind of felt the we take a house. You, you, we take a you house. Won, you won twelve or something, right? So I, 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 I felt that you were kind of disagreeing. But I'm just saying, I wasn't. We don't really was We we let you call out Sunday game team of the year, and then we'll argue with you. <laughs> well, it was when Kenny Kenny got did uh, annihilated Watford similar to yesterday in 2008. Probably the peak of their powers. Let's say the peak. I, they're very lucky to be tip, obviously, the following year, and then tip beat them. So the peak, I suppose, was 2008. They got nine All-Stars. Like, so I'm just going to compare it with that as well now. And they're known as the greatest team of all time. Maybe you're, you're going to have the greatest team of all time, TJ. So that's it's 11-1-1-1-1 last night. So that just to put in comparison, I'm not saying I wouldn't have Nicky. Come on, Rafe, boy. There we go, lads. So we take them there, lads. Sean Finch or Automatic. Was Rafa's lead? I'd say he was. He nodded off, I'd say, because I, I'd say Timmy would be ready to put that there, like, you know. So let's take him along there as you go, um, Marco, TJ. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, I, I'd say has, has Barry, Barry Nash, I think. I, I think Sean, I don't know who, had a tough day at the office yesterday, but going into the final, he was, we say outside of Sean Finn, to me, he was the second best cornerback in the country, I'd have to say. And I wouldn't be plugging for any other player only Sean, I don't know who to be honest about it. I thought that Sean was outstanding all year long. Um, Felix Glenn turned up trumps today, and Sean has had his number now on a couple of occasions, but Glenn was excellent just today. But with the amount of ball that was going in, that was difficult for any cornerback. But up to this, I thought Sean was outstanding. I think he deserves a mention. I'd be voting for Sean. It'd be the only change I'd see, at, certainly in the full back line, um, uh, in that corner position anyway. I'd be I'd be picking Sean Very over uh, Barry Nash. We mentioned we Liam mentioned Dan Morrissey. How brilliant he was when he came yeah. in and steadied the whole thing. And I think to be very yeah. severe on Barry Nash not to be there. Like I didn't I don't think he put a foot wrong here. Like 
and even then he excelled again yesterday. Like so, I didn't go overall. I don't know who coming into yesterday would have had my nod there as well. But I think you have to look at the All Ireland final and say who showed up. And I think Nash showed up again. Like I know it was it's probably easy to say he showed up. Look, we well, debated Prunty. I think yeah. was very good. In fairness to him, you know he he missed a bit with an injury. Mister Clermont, he came in. He's a, he's a fair back against him there. He's a man, isn't he? I thought again in the semi final, he he was. I mean, you you kind of caught him early for the goals, but his character, he stood up in and played well afterwards. Yeah, I think it's a great it's a great sign of player, you know, to get a jolt of the two goals early on, you know, in a big game. Uh, and the way he recovered, you know, he's he's a he's a big player for them. And I think you've seen it, you know, when he wasn't playing against Clare, I think they're they're a team that doesn't really function without Conor Prunty on the edge of the square. So uh, he's a big player for them. And look, you know, Jamie Barron is probably the one that in, in addition to Conor that might be a little bit unlucky, I feel. You know, he did have some really I, th- I thought his performances against against Galway and uh, and early on again us. Uh, I thought Jamie Barron was was very very good. Um, but look, as I said, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of quality uh, right throughout the pitch. And you know, again, Kilkenny, Leinster champions and and All Ireland semi finalists. You know, I thought Owen Cody had a really really good year. Uh, he was the one player that was catching my eye. I think his ability to win his own ball um, and and get get scores. He's he's a player that I think is is starting to flourish and starting to come. Uh, he'd be a big player, I think, for Kilkenny going forward. But yeah, it's it's a sea of green, I think, based on the performances we've seen. I mean, look, you know, I think we got within five points of them after that. It's been double-digit wins and, and they had eight points to spare again, clearly. Like, they've been emphatic in, in their performances, I suppose, throughout the year, um, Limerick have. Yeah, and again, we won't, won't go through everything. Like, who, no, you have to... Baron definitely deserves a mention. I mean, the effect he had on Watford when he came back after the Clare game, and even the Leash game, how they struggled without him and, and his influence and all Limerick half back then. Coming into yesterday, you'd say Mahoney, Coleman, yeah. say, you know, so I, I, Tim to me yeah. would have been the player, Anthony, from a, a, an R half. And Bonzi, would that be Ty Call? I think that would be a flip of a coin, no, to be honest with us. Um, I think if Tim had a better game yesterday, he would be an automatic in it, and he he'll struggle to get an answer now. I think at the moment, you know, based on yesterday's performance. Still, a couple of things from my point of view. First yeah, of like then midfield. Go on, Tate. Go on. Go on. Let, give it to us properly noted. I'm going to give it to you properly, right? First of all, fifteen. You, you want fifteen? You no, no. Did you vote for Nicky Quaid? Yes. Thank you, <laughs> it was a long I'm, time I'm, waiting for that. Look, it's unusual in a year that, let's say, all the Hurler-Dia contenders are, are all in the one camp. You normally have somebody coming up that had a very good season. That's unusual, right? We are blinded by the most recent game. That's just the way the mind works, and, and it's very heavily weighted towards the All-Ireland champions. The reality is... Cork were good. Everybody spoke about them during the week. I thought they were a threat. They're entitled to a couple of players. They're like definitely entitled to more than one one player on, on, on your team of the year, for sure. That's that's the reality, right? Your most recent talk about Sean O'Donoghue, we will be blinded by the fact that he was peppered with ball. He didn't have a good all final. That's a fact, but he had a very good season, right? To me, like I had nine players written down outside of the Limerick camp that had good mm. seasons. Ozzy, Jason Ford, Sean O'Donoghue, Tony Kelly. I thought Cahill Malone Delo had a really good season in the middle of the player. Jamie Barron, Owen Cody was class. 
like Patrick Horgan had a very good season. He scored six points in play in the semi-final. He got two points in play again yesterday. I know, and like I've met Cork people who are hard on Hoggy and they kind of say about this and the other, but Jesus, the man is class. He gets scores. The amount of scores he's got in the championship today. Like, it, it, I know all people saying he, he, he deserves an Ireland medal in this life. I know better than anybody who deserves Fuck all. You've got to go and make it happen. That's the reality. Do you know what I mean? But in saying that, he had a super year. Right? Tim O'Mahony is the last one there I had in the list of the day of super year. To go through the Limerick team, it's unusual that you can make a case for everybody. And based on the All-Ireland final display, you're drawn to, like, maybe one player can say leave him out. On your team of the year, Dillard, you pick five Limerick forwards and left out Garold Hegarty. In a normal year, a fellow who scores 2-2 for play in the All-Ireland final is normally nearly a shoo-in, right? But we're trying to pick holes to try and leave one or two out. So that the call hey, is a, hard. There's about 10 votes now. I know, but am I biased? Am I green glasses? And can I not see the freeze for anybody else? Yes, at the moment, right? But like, look, the reality is to make the year that was there, other players contributed in a major way and, and, and they're entitled to their piece. How many will Limerick get? Yeah, I'd say we could be pushing the boundary, all right? Like, it was that, it was, it was that convincing in the finish. Yeah, I, I'd Hawkins. say our has come on. What the record is? It's 10 at one stage. It's 10. Was the Limerick at 10 was the last year, was it? It's gone. It was 9. Was it? It's been yeah. That could... It could be 11, like, uh, Kelly get one, I suppose. Warford yeah. get one. Kilkenny get one. Cork might get one or two, so... That's the, yeah, look, we, want, we could be beating it to death again. Um, brilliant stuff, lads. Um... We want, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, no, we don't have games to analyze there, so we, yeah. What about the ref? Go on, we're not going, go on. No, no, the ref, Fergal Horgan, possibly could be his last game, I think, at intercounty level. Why is that? I, right? feel, I think I it think is, Mark. He, he, he had a very good game, I thought. Yeah, but he's, he's a top class. Is this one of the lenders' referee? Monday morning stories now, is it? Is this, is this one of the lenders' Monday morning stories? Like like we're searching dinner around Thursday on Google. We're on Google Thursday. <laughs> Any more about that? What Mark told us there? Nothing about it. Yeah. Man. See, thanks for the guy I'm not on Twitter. I, I, I think he's the best ref. He's the best ref. Okay. 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 It's an awful pity. It's an awful pity he's in Tipperary because we never get to have him as a ref. We could do him at that time. He might let flow. He he got he, he got all his education oh. from refereeing plenty of Tipperary Cena matches, Liam. <laughs> he did, he did. No, but as you said, but you know what? If, the ref isn't talking. If it is, about, great game. Right? Great game. About, yeah, you're having, you're having a good game. Correct. He, facilitate, yeah. he facilitated yeah. a good stayed, game. Stayed calm at the finish, lads. Yeah. When the two Mary Eye boys had a go at each other, he stayed calm. He consulted. Yeah. He consulted the sideline. He went back to the umpire. He spoke harshly. He said two yellows. Get out of my sight. Yeah, lads. For me, good like good throw two reds there now, and the, do, the do gooders on Facebook and Twitter. Be, oh, you had, it was a red car. It was a red car. And like look, the spirit of the thing has to be embraced as well. Correct, absolutely. Good We're good. all delighted. No good. arguments whatsoever with the referee. Yeah. Fantastic. Dale, is Keane your holder of the year? Oh, Jenny Mac. Yeah, I thought maybe Kyle might have a saying it going into it yesterday. And sure, Kyle was very good. But uh, yes. Lynch, Lynch just ran the show. Like, not, I easily the horror dear. Yeah, yeah, like he's yeah. getting Liam getting while we have the, you. Liam while we have you. He's getting on the ball 20, 25 Liam? times a game. 
Um, so like he's, he's, his, possessions, his possessions are off the charts, lads. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the amount of the game pack he's having, like, to score six points is one thing, but to assist for 2-5, it's just incredible. Like, I mean, his, his vision, and, like, he, he makes that hand pass over his shoulder just, just you know, it's so easy and just, he's, he's a joy to watch. His trick, his trickery, his in close, and even, you know, Waterford went to, went to take him on a few times. He just shifted, shifted direction, bang over the bar. He's, he's, balance, he's yeah. real, he's the real deal. He's the real yeah, deal. Even today, I think, to the delay in the hand yeah. pass lane for the first goal was just unbelievable. Like, Absolutely. Just, and you said, you said, uh, you hit the nail on the head, TJ. You can't coach what he, what, what, um, what Keane has. It's just, it's just the raw talent and his, his flair mm. and his ability to change games with one pass and one vision. He's, He's at the top of his game at the peak of his powers. And, you know, it's very hard to take down Limerick if you can't take down um, Keane Lynch. And that was proven in every game this year. Nobody could really t- deal with him. We probably made the best fist of him for a while. And when we when we did, we were probably on top. But he, he, he eventually gets back up to the top again. Great sign of a great hurler. I thought his leadership today at the Munster final was very important to Limerick's turnaround. Um, and to me, he's he is the hurler of the year for, for 2021 in my eyes anyway. And like he didn't even his fifth point, lads. He didn't want to hit it over to himself. He was looking for someone to give it to. And he said, Just I better put it over, so I suppose if there's no one there's no one loose, there's no one coming to me. I better I just thought. And another thing as well, then is for Henry Shefflin to say to you halfway through the second half, we're standing on the rail and watching the game, back to the monitor, as the kids are out the back now, he says, and they're all Keen Lynch. Yeah. Like for Henry Shefflin to say that, lads, that kind of puts it in context, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, like, like this, this, yeah, ah, he's, the, he's the real, he's the, he's the boy, he's the boy, I tell you. Liam, why we have you on, we have to ask you, like, um, who's going to take over? Like, there's a lot of vacancies around the country. Like, I don't know if you're finished with the management crack. I could get you up to do an old session in clear if you want for a night, if you want the night out. <laughs> We could, we could be Bring you back to Morty's before the years out there. Well, come here. No, we'll have to stay. We stay local. Who's got? Who's going to take over, Liam? Asher, you, you know, I'd say, you know, if Liam Cattle wants to come back and and take on his own, I'd say it is to be a seat that he'd be he'd be very welcome. Obviously, he knows the underage scene. He's been he's been there, but he's he's done very well in Watford too. So I'd say the first decision will be, you know, I'd say if Liam wants to stay at Watford, I'd love to have him, and I'd say if Liam wants to. Come back to his own county. I'd say we'd love to have him here too. So I think there's probably his his first shot at it anyway. I suppose he's he's probably got the the one that has to make the decision. And I think his decision then will vacate maybe a, another door or two. So it's going to be an interesting time. Um, like it is it is very very high powered. There's a lot of work goes in. Um, it's it's all it's all consuming. Hugely enjoyable now. I love my three years. Uh, had a ball, but you know it, it, there's 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 a whole lot has to go in. It's it's a very very enjoyable but very very time consuming. Um, an energy sapping uh, journey, but uh, I, as I said, I, I think I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'm happy enough that I'll take it. I, I, I was lucky to squeeze that one. I think in in 19 and get out with another title in the in the second coming. So uh, I'm happy enough with my innings to be to be, to be straight with you. And just okay. Liam, just question like just for fellas listening in now, right? In terms of the time and the commitment, we say that you as a manager, but we say say your selectors and your backroom staff now, right? What kind of time and effort are those guys giving? Just because, like, we can come on the podcast here and say, oh, Cork made this decision wrong, or, or, or any other selection committee for that matter. But just yeah. to give a, a, give a bit of an insight there into what your selectors and your backroom staff are doing behind the scenes. Well, we'd, we'd have, we'd have uh, training on Tuesday and Friday, generally, and then the weekend. Uh, but we would be, you'd be leaving home at four to be in for five for a training session that starts at seven. 
um, that finishes then around half eight. You're probably leaving Turles sometime around half nine, quarter ten. Uh, you have a powwow after training and add a bit of rub, so you're home around 11. So you're talking about four to 11, and you can add on another two hours to in O'Shea because when I get to Nina and I'm home, he's got another hour to go um, back up back up to his home in Salt Hill. So, um, you know, that that's um, you'd be on Zoom calls definitely twice a week uh, as a management team, generally on a Monday night <clears throat> where you do a debrief for the week and what's ahead. Um, and then and then you close it out at the end of the week with, with another one. So, uh, you know, then you've got the individual, I uh, suppose, conversations to be having with, with players. So, look, it, there's, it's a big operation, but I, I was very lucky, Mark. I had great people around me. You know what I mean? I didn't have to worry about anything that was going on in the pitch, Eamon and Tommy and Dara and Owen looked after all that. Dara Egan is, you know, is a really good operator. Owen Kelly, one of the best. And obviously, you know, Dalo spoke about, about Tommy and, and Owen earlier or Tommy and Eamon earlier on like I mean two coaches at the top of their game that just connect with players in a really incredible way so uh, you know but it's a big big operation now um, and and as I said it's hugely enjoyable but uh, I was as I said I was lucky I was you know loved every minute of it you know suppose yeah. with a little bit of luck you could have we could have got a little bit closer but that's that's hurling that sport uh, happy with my innings happy with my time and I've no regrets I love every minute of it and you missed it ball, I can go off to the stall now with TJ and Dale wait 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 a little bit of crack in the stall <laughs> Liam, they say in life we should never go back. And just from listening to you, it sounds like you really, really enjoyed actually going back. And obviously, to have the success in Mundial Ireland. But the question I'm looking at, and I was having, actually having this chat with Derek McGrath on Saturday night, is like, is the current, uh, like, let's say, coaching and knowledge required nearly almost frightening for people on the outside to look at actually nearly the level you have to be at to compete? Like, it, it, it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is like the game is the game is moving at a serious pace. The the fitness levels of of teams now is at an incredible level, and it it's it's the, your ability to deal with chaos uh, because like there's there's chaos inside the white lines. You know the 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 old format of you know puck it out and we'll all line up one to fifteen is is long gone. You know what I mean? And the, the movement that's that's happening and it, it's about how you get to, t- to your team to play to its strengths, as you said, without trying to you know I think if you're trying to bring down the opposition by at their game, you're far better off trying to bring it on, playing your own game and playing to your own strengths. And I think that's maybe where teams are falling into a trap. But uh, yeah, look, it's 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 full on. But uh, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're getting to deal with great players. I mean, the commitment that the players give, we're very very fortunate. I think we've we've got a you know the hurling's in a really good place, uh, TJ. You know, like I mean, there was worries. You know, not so long ago, we were worried about you know will blanket defenses and extra defenders and would there be goals? And hey, presto, yesterday in Ireland finally with three seventeen in the first half, we scored. I think we scored two sixteen in the in, in the first half in the Muster final and what did sure and and Limerick beat that total in, in the second half. So, you know, I think Hurling is in a really good place. The appetite for the game and, and the consumption of the game is is in a great place. And it's it's a very, very competitive arena. I mean, you'd have to say outside of Limerick, you know, on any other day, most teams would probably give themselves a fair chance of beating the opposition. And I think when you have that scenario, you're in a good place. And you know, as you said, the Munster Championship, you know, if Limerick are, are coming to Torles or Limerick are going to uh, in this next year, you know, there'll be there'll be all that you know they have it all to to do to come in and get out of those places because that's well, the beauty of the most championship, you know. So um, you know, and I, I think um, Hurling is in a good place, but Limerick, this group of Limerick players right now are taking it to a, a new level, and the challenge for everyone else is trying to get up there, but they won't be easy. They won't be easy not on serious side. Liam, Liam, I have to. There's no other kind of as he as he would, he nearly slipped quietly into the I have to ask you about Brendan. What a special guy, you know, fortunate enough to get to know him a little bit through Richie and Boris Ali, like you know, what a what a what a player was for you in the two innings, like 
Yeah, he was. He was. And would you believe it, Dale? First interaction I had with Brendan, he was under. I was on. I was over the North under sixteen team, and Brendan Maher was fourteen years of age, and he he came into the pitch, and um, he had a special talent at that stage. But I was actually telling a story on Tip FM there. You know, we lost. We lost the minor final. I think I was actually sitting beside you uh, after the match. We we got beaten by Cork. We were five up on Cork in the minor in the in the in the second half, and they went and beat us by five. Um, Patrick Horgan and them were were on that team. And we went down and won the All-Ireland. But the Wednesday night we were training, and I was saying, Jesus, I think it was one of the first times where the losers of the Munster finally got, got a, a backdoor entry into the All-Ireland. And we went in on the Wednesday night, and our, you know, we were fairly low and deflated. But um, we had a bit of a team meeting on the ground on the grass in Morris Park, and Brendan Maher spoke. And I'm not joking. He transformed the group. Uh, in, in, that, in that five minutes, uh, I said to the lads, hey, we're back on track here. That fella's after turning this whole thing around. And I think that's where I really seen his first... Uh, entry into leadership uh but like he was he was like on his on his day day he's bulletproof on the pitch he really is bulletproof mm-hmm. um you know some of the things he done for me like you know even in the Munster final in 19 when we were getting you know we were we were plugging holes everywhere in that second half you know he was still inside playing cornerback on Aaron Galen and I thought he was attacking the ball like you know he's just he's just a superb anytime mm-hmm. whether it was TJ Reid or Aaron Galen the man you'd always send for is is Brendan Maher. And remember, I put him back corner back in that match in 06 and he plucked ball out of the sky in the All-Ireland final uh, against Galway and he was a, he was a revelation. But uh, yeah, he, he's, he's guys like him are hard replaced. He had a massive impact, you know, on me. He had a massive impact on the on the dressing room and um, it was probably instrumental in me going back in the first place for the, for the second coming because, you know, when you knew that those guys like that had your back inside and that, inside and that set up, it's a, it's a big thing. But yeah, he's a, he's a big loss. I think he's a big loss to the game as well because, uh, you know, he was in full flow even down in Cork, uh, Mark, when he was playing against Bally Gunner in that club championship, the way he brought the ball out of the sky and smacked it over the bar and his pint again, Thomas's uh, TJ, That's which right. you probably won't like to be reminded of. Yeah, yeah, half a hurley. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think I think that year with the yeah, no. that was just an unbelievable uh, campaign himself and then but Brendan again was instrumental. Dello, before we get away from it, like with the interviews are going on, are you is there anything going on in your world? Are you doing any interviews, anything you can share with us to say are you available or anything like that? No? Are you too busy too busy pulling points? <laughs> interviewing just, the tree just, now, aren't I? Just second, just second. Pulling points. Pulling points, <laughs> pulling points. No, even my Monday, my Mondays after the All Ireland are gone, Liam. So you're not in the Palace Bar, no. Just always enjoy a bit of a day out. Mondays, All Ireland, the old Palace or the Boars or one of them, but gone, gone, bull, but not forgotten. You know, so, but, uh, no, so but no, you know, yeah, the Bear is good and busy, thank God, and 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 you know, this stuff has been hectic. Now, obviously, it changes after today a bit. And we'll be back, lads, for the club championship. Hopefully, for the pod, with a few pods later on. And but that's it's gas like, isn't it? You get kind of consumed with other stuff, and and you still love hurling for Jenny Mac. Like actually, they're talking here at three o'clock with you, like. But like that's that's it's funny. You just you you might have touched on it there, TJ, earlier on when you said that Derek and yourself talking about the the levels and. I'm watching the Cork 20 management and the minor management being interviewed. Like obviously, Brian, great job, and and Noel Furlong is it? And you're saying, yeah. These fellas want to step up to the next level, you know? And I'm there. What the heck is it? I'm not so sure. Like, I suppose, as Liam said, like, if you had that sort of structure that you knew you maybe had an Eamon, a Tommy Dunn, a Dara, and all maybe you might be tempted in, like, that you could come in and manage it, you know? But yeah. the days of kind of doing it all, taking training sessions, and that, think, Jesus, that's, that's the energy of a young no. fella. It's like, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. it's, look, it's 
So look at it. Love it. Love hurling. Jesus, hurling has fucking defined my life. And so, like, it's, but that's just it. No, no kids in the block teeth, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Like, as I said, you, you need a strong backroom team and, you know, plenty of people to challenge your opinion. And crikey, yeah, it's, 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 it's gone to a place that was tricky. A great place. Great to watch and great to work out your tactics. Great place, huh? Would you see any risk, TJ, of any of that backroom team? Not like obviously they've been hugely successful, like, but there's a huge amount of time going in. Would 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 Paul or any of them or any of them have a an eye on anything else or doing it? Like, would you say the backroom team will be around? We try, Liam, we try we try and get Alan Cunningham, Angus O'Brien, and Christy O'Connor, who was with Cork back to Clare, maybe. Yeah, help. Alan um, Cunningham, Alan Cunningham's the man that's in his ear all game, like. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think Liam, like they just seem to be really tight. And like when you're winning and when, when it's going so well and you're part of something that's really, really special, I would say, like, and like nearly everything that they're doing, they'll probably, if, even if you were struggling for time, they nearly find a workaround for you at the moment. They just seem to be all clicking into gear. So to answer your question, is in the short term, I can't. I, I, I would say, like, sure, if you were headed operations in Limerick and you, the first thing you'll be doing is you'll be cementing them all for, for, for the future. And like there seems to be just a, just, just a great camaraderie amongst them. Mm. So like now they can go and enjoy the fruits of what they've done there again this year and relax and hopefully get a holiday and do everything they're supposed to do as champions and enjoy this week. And I'm sure that they'll be doing everything in their power to keep it all together. So no, I can't see anybody doing right. anything different in the short term. TJ, you, uh, you hit the crossbar in the fantasy. I did, I did, I did. Uh, look, we had, we had a good. I have to say, first of all, congrats to Ken. Good win. I was hunting him all year. I was coming with a final run. I got an awful lot of decisions right, <laughs> but I suppose a bit like my kind of management career, I came up short. <laughs> fair, fair if you had my if you had my score from yesterday, you 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 would have won. I would. If you had yeah, yeah, captain yeah. instead of Huggy. If you're Gillian captain instead of Hoggy, you'd have won it, Joe. Possibly, Jesus, possibly. I've been lined. beaten by Mark. Eight, 18 points, well, I was beaten by him. Yeah. It's a you. Have we any old graphics there, Ralph? Dela, I'm really happy, right? I tell you, it's massive progress. Massive progress massive for you progress. to get off the bottom. <laughs> I just, I just, I th- I'd like to thank right. Pam Mulcahy for all the coaching, you know, Thank Jackie for the time she allowed you to sit down and, and pick your team yeah, and make yeah. your changes. Now you still yeah. finished. If there was two to go down, you'd be gone down like but no, we'll give you the credit. We'll give you the credit. The wooden spoon I, I, is on its way to Kilkenny. It's on its way to Lachlan Gales, the COVID stone. Oh, he made no effort after picking his initial team, Hoggy. <laughs> but anyway, that's a nice move up to the middle of the table for me. Still didn't bait uh the Temple Derry Kenyon, of course, like, you know, but uh, it's look at uh, well credit, credit to Kane, wouldn't you? I sure look at that. Yeah. Was That's like an election, you know, when the first count is made, TJ. <laughs> 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 and the transfers are going to be counted, like, yeah, loving yeah, on yeah. Our Jesus. But come here, lads. The main thing, the main thing for me, is I got 1296. We, yeah, sorry, we got our listeners, our, our listeners' table first, and it goes to Wexford. Glyn Barrentown, Michael Dyle, you were up there all year, Michael. In fairness, Joe, we mentioned Joe a few times, and we won't forget Marina in second place uh, over in Italy. Italy. And we're going, 
Yes, we're going over to deliver the prize, the three of us, uh, <laughs> over a flight to Rome, and we're getting a train up, uh, a train down to Venice, and we're going to meet Marine and drink some red wine over there in the off-season. Um, but well done to Michael. Uh, we've prized uh, Butler's Hurleys again. Yeah. Uh, great prizes coming to us. Um, and if you're on, on top of our league, lads, you're going to be up there in the overall league. So I, I, I didn't get to check that yet. But um, Adrian Moore and also, also for Moore and Hurleys in Westmead contacted me this morning. Prizes on the post there. So there's a wooden spoon, but it won't be going to kill her. <laughs> well, come here. The big thing for me is right. Left, the all politics are local. You, lo you know the little mini leagues, Clare Castle mini league, coming second yesterday morning with a score of twelve ninety six. I top it. My great buddy Colin Higgins, Higgy twelve ninety five one one point. <laughs> Sweet as enough, boy Higgy. Sorry, Higgy, you're learning, you're learning, and you're getting closer, Higgs. But not your time, sorry, not your time. Have you any foggers you want to do, or we're up to an hour and 40? Dale, my buddy didn't make the, the leader page there and finished. No, so I haven't, yeah, okay. And, uh, the hull run the, the hull run the ditch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hull run the ditch. ditch. From Nina. He faded, he faded. We still don't know his name, the teacher. Still know his name, but anyway. And I see John Paul O'Connor there, who I know he's a little bit of coaching. You guys playing actually, he finished fifth there on, on, on the overall page. So I, I showed I showed up to him. So yeah, good league. Just a little bit, a little bit short. The old Mark was kind of booming there early doors. The Carkness was flying, but a bit like the end of the season championship, Mark all went out like ending up didn't it? <laughs> 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 well, the guys playing until as a way of the timber off your boy. <laughs> Stella, I, I have one for our listeners I think we should throw a challenge for the Peter Casey shuffle it can be in the bar in the kitchen or on the pitch right maybe later on tonight okay, okay. See, see can you see can you do the Peter Casey shuffle <laughs> hashtag yeah, we, Peter all videos we we'll link it we we'll link yeah. yeah we've got half yeah. a limerick tonight now on the Peter Casey shuffle anyway you know but lads um, I suppose look we to wrap it up, a little bit of a sad note, as I just, you know, a great friend of my sister. My sister Marion lives in Brough, married to Pat, great Limerick man, four Limerick sons, Martin, as you know him, uh, Tej. But yeah. they, buried, they buried their parish priest yesterday, Father Joe Foley, sure, and yeah. Father Joe is a legend in Brough. And I suppose he's there 17 years, so I maintain he would have given Sean Finn his first communion, you know, so... I uh, died at 57, you know, so a young man, and I uh, just want to pay a tribute. I, I got to meet him two or three times, and he was a great character. He was just an amazing company to be in, full of fun, and, and uh, yet a great leader in that community. So I have to mention that. Uh, lads, just to thank Larry and Rafe, brilliant work on here, and we won't be finished, as I said. Uh, to really thank Reno, um, backing us all the way, Paddy McGee and, and, and the lads, and... Um, Look, great show to finish up. We had a great show Friday night. I think having you, Liam, today and the insight you gave us, it's incredible insight just to be able to get that. And too many pods now getting a fella telling us what, you know, what system you try to operate on this, this juggernaut that we have at the moment. So it's fantastic to have you to finish finish the inter-county setup. So thanks, lads. And um, enjoy the Bank Holiday Monday that is the All-Ireland Hurling Final Monday. Let's I have a spare seat. I have a spare seat. Uh, two or three o'clock there in Limerick. At your table. Around. Yeah, give, give, give Dale O'Shea out there if you want to call in and have a chat about it. Could be on the way down. I could be on the way down. If you're on the way down, Dale, yeah, we, we have a seat, yeah. We'll, we'll look for something to come on. Actually, I met um, 
a buddy of yours, Dello, on Saturday night, Sambo, who's a great listener of the podcast. He said he likes listening to you. Uh, but uh, he told me he was shouting for Cork. Uh, came over to tell me, especially he shouting for Cork. So oh, man. Just, uh, just a show. <laughs> show Sambo, Sambo, to, Sambo famously Sambo. said. <laughs> what? TJ. So I'll tell yeah. you, I, I love Sambo, don't get me wrong, and that's one of my things that I'm going up there, like, definitely. But Sambo me one time, or he put in an examiner one time for all the world, it was, I think this was around um, 98, and we were playing Cork in the Munster semi-final. You were playing, Mac, your, your team, before you yeah. came to find you. Yeah. Sambo said, he said, my heart says Cork, but my head says Clare. Ah, we've, we'd four on Ireland's won in our lives, like, Cork with 30 something. It's a symbol. Like, I'm on your side here, kid. I want yeah. them up. Like, my heart says cock. So he is a graph for cock, Sambo. We don't, we don't yeah, like, yeah, we get over it. We get over it. I think Sambo and Kieran Kingston are buddies, uh, TJ. Yeah, yeah, no, you told me the story. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to tell him Dalo's story there as well. But yeah, he told me about himself and Kieran Kingston. But yeah, good crack with him again Saturday night. Good He's a passionate yeah. man like him. Yeah. We had we, we good fun with him. Yeah. How's Davy Russell? D Davy was in top form, yeah. He was a small bit worried about the power play. In fairness to him, no, he got it bang on uh, with his tactics. I was trying to tell him where I was coming from, but he wasn't having none of it, yeah. So we, we, we had a good crack. So, uh, yeah, in fairness to Davy, he dropped me home. Uh, do you know what it says? Tough to get a taxi there later on, 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 on a Saturday night in Dublin. In fairness to Davy, teetotaler, loves the old cup of tea. Yeah. So he dropped me home. He'd give you anything for Ballon Road this evening, no? No, he's 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 doing his best to try and get back there for 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 his doll. Uh, he's trying to get back back on the horse. He's doing a lot of uh, physio and training and nutrition work at the moment himself. Like so, yeah, you'll see you'll, you'll see him soon. Like so, he said he might have something for us down the road. Okay, so. okay. Be patient. We'll see you at the Harvest Festival. Okay. Absolutely, Liam. We'll, we'll see you, have... Belly Bunyan. Belly, belly Bunyan. Right? <laughs> I'll see you in the exchange, Liam. Yes, the no <laughs> or the bunker. <laughs> Up your cocker. Great stuff, lads. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayor. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. 